The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 27th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to go over the East rookies. Quite a few, some second round guys. Obviously, the top pick we're going to talk quite a bit about. And with me to do that is Ryan Kanas. What's up, man? Uh, not much. Happy to happy to join for this Eastern Conference rookie preview. For sure. There's a, it's, I think the West is a little bit more fun. I mean, as far as depth goes, with pretty much, it's crazy. Uh, four, five, six, seven, eight are all West teams. Yeah. Uh, so. And then there's number two with L.A., so very top ten West heavy, but obviously with Ben Simmons and a lot of other guys, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, for sure. As you mentioned, there's only only two East picks in the top eight, so they're already at a disadvantage for a fantasy outlook. Yeah, and one of them is like not relevant whatsoever. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll there. Get, yeah, we'll get to him. So let's get to this thing here. The top pick, uh, the process paid off with Ben Simmons. Stat machine. Um, one thing I thought was crazy when I looked up uh, his stats, he had 75.2% of his shots were at the rim. I mean, this guy, uh, we talk about a lot of his passing and rebounding. Can't really shoot the mm-hmm. ball. He's only 32.9% on his two-point jumpers. Not a great free throw shooter at 67%. And he had a crazy clip. I mean, nine free throw attempts. So that's going to pull yeah. you down in fantasy. So a guy who I don't think he'll get 75% of his shots at the rim in the NBA. So uh, I think efficiency is going to be a little bit of a concern early going. Yeah, and I think uh, it depends, right? As you said, he didn't really take many three-point shots, and he was just crashing the rim all the time. Uh, I think it helps that he plays in Philly. They're going to play with a loose, up-tempo style. Um, but I don't expect him to shoot 56% at the next level. Um, so although I don't think his field goal percentage is going to hurt you, I don't think it's going to be the, the huge net positive that you might think when you just look at his raw college stats. What do you, what are you thinking percentage-wise? I'm thinking like 44-ish, something in that neighborhood. Oh, I was, I'd give him a little higher than that. I think okay. he'll hover, hover below 50%, but that might be wishful thinking given that as you said, his jumpers kind of busted. So yeah. teams know that. I mean, NBA teams aren't stupid. They have whole scouting departments to tell you that you can you can sag off Ben Simmons. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So you're thinking if, like 47, if you can 48, 49, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 47, 48, something like that. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I see 75% of his shots at the rim. Uh, he's not a huge guy. I mean, he's 240, 6'10. Yeah. He's going to apparently, which is another whole big pot in itself, uh, he's going to start at the four. Uh, so mm-hmm. what the, I mean, I mean, he played power forward pretty much throughout LSU times, but uh, yeah, I don't know what Brett Brown's going to do with with his three guys. Uh, I mean, he's going to play Ben Simmons big minutes. So I mean, what's going to what that? Uh, that's that's a whole podcast right there. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, I I think he's probably in DFS. We're going to talk about him a lot. I think, mm-hmm. but the efficiency. I mean, that high clip uh, gets fouled a lot, like we were saying, and yeah. Only shooting sixty seven percent is troublesome for me. I I probably I'm thinking probably like 
tenth round, something like that. And he'll go before that. People see those. I mean, his stat yep. his stat line's insane. Like nineteen points, twelve, almost twelve. Yeah, twelve last year. Five assists, two steals. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's nasty. And he's gonna have the ball in his hands a lot, so people are gonna see that and be expecting gaudy across the board stats. I'm with you. I think he's gonna go. Probably maybe mid round. Um, yeah, people will probably take him like leagues, six. So I'm, not, I'm not going to touch him there. Yeah, I think people will probably take him like six, seven, maybe sooner. I mean, just because people are riding that Carl Anthony Towns bandwagon. I mean, Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns is like a unicorn, man. Respect yep. to Chris Stapps. <laughs> but Towns is the fantasy unicorn. Uh, anything else you want to add on Simmons? No, I just echo what you said about uh, he's going to be probably a beast in DFS, I think, because you look at that 67% free throw doesn't really hurt you in DFS. It's all, all about attempts. Um, he also has 3.1 turnovers, which is another knock against him in 9-cat leagues, and another thing that's not quite as harmful in DFS. So I really like him there. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that pick we don't like is Jalen Brown, which another whole podcast worth of stuff with what Boston was apparently offered, and they shot down. They wanted, apparently, uh, Nerlens Noel and the L.A. pick next year. Um, which is top three protected. It should be probably four to eight range. I mean, well, the Lakers mm-hmm. aren't going to be good next year. Um, I'm not a Brown fan at all. Bad free throw shooter. Uh, only 67.1% at the rim at college. I mean, that's pretty much NBA average. So going to the next level, I mean, he's going to be a subpar at the rim guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was 43% of his total. So, I mean, he got to the rim at college and wasn't successful. So, yeah, I mean, I. 20 team leagues maybe i i don't i'm not feeling Ish. brown basically he's jay crowder ish but jay crowder's not losing his minutes right yeah i was gonna say crowder even if i were higher on brown from a statistical point of view and thinking that he can adjust his game as a rookie um you know the presence of crowder just immediately stifles what he's what he's capable of minutes wise um but brown has his own endemic problems he's got a a strange jumper, kind of kind of awkward release. Uh, shot twenty nine percent from downtown as a freshman, sixty five percent at the free throw line, and to compound that, he had three point one turnovers and zero point eight steals, zero point six blocks. So he's really not a plus contributor anywhere that you can that you would count on for fantasy. Yeah, I mean he's probably out of the top ten in the East, like for the number three pick. Uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah. I don't know what Boston was thinking, man. I mean. Yeah, just take you, Nerlens and and move on. Right? Do you think uh, that the fact that they kind of reached for Brown here means that they're not thinking they're going to get Evan Turner back? Do you see this as some sort of insurance or not necessarily uh, relevant? Yeah, I think Turner's going to go. I mean, they have plenty of depth. Um, they they want to play Marcus Smart more. Um, mm. I thought Terry Rozier is is kind of paving his way for minutes. Uh, I thought RJ Hunter was pretty solid last year, so I think those two guys are ahead of Brown, uh, and I think that they're going to be fine without him. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't think you can touch Brown. I, I mean, maybe 20-team league, as you said. Um, <laughs> but even in DFS, I don't think he's going to do anything. Yeah, same here. All right, so like we were saying, uh, not many top 10 picks. Uh, going down to Jakob Pertl, uh, fun pronunciation. This guy is an <laughs> at-the-rim monster. Uh, 85% of his shots at the rim, made 69.3%. Uh, yeah. 38% on jumpers, pretty solid. So this guy, like if you listened to the pod the other day, Ed was really preaching this guy as kind of an offense first. Very Jonas Valanciunas like. Uh, so they had him, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about Pascal Sycam a little bit later. But Pirtle's interesting. Um, we've seen Jonas Valanciunas get hurt here and there, uh, hand injuries and whatnot. But 
Um, definitely kind of on the radar, but not someone you're going to uh, draft, I don't think, as a backup. No, I'm with you there. I think uh, even if, if we're assuming that Biombo goes in free agency because his price is too high for Toronto, uh, that leaves Pirtle with maybe 18 minutes if he's lucky backing up JV. Um, I just don't think it's going to get it done. He might be a field goal percentage specialist if you're looking for help in a deeper league. Um, he did shoot, he averaged almost 1.2 points per possession last year, which is crazy. Um, he's a really good post-up player, but as you, you kind of mentioned, he did most of his work around the rim, and I think he's going to be entirely reliant on playmaking from Kyle Lowry, other teammates. Uh, so I just don't see him having a high usage at all. Um, he's, he doesn't block many shots. He was at, I think, uh, 1.5 blocks and 31 minutes per game last year. So translate that to the NBA. It's not looking great for him. Yeah, that's kind of the thing with big rookie big men. You like to see good free throw shooting and mm-hmm. good block rates. Kyle Anthony Towns to a T. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, 1.5, even in a, even if it gets 30 minutes, which you won't, um, you're probably looking at 0.7 blocks, 0.8 blocks, and just against the bigger competition. I mean, a lot of college players are so scrawny that yeah. it's it's like you and me playing against uh, an eighth grader or something, even like a fourth <laughs> grader. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so nothing too impressive. But like we said, uh, the low post game, uh, pretty solid player. Um, could get in the rotation. Uh, someone to watch in summer league too. So the shocker of the draft was Thon Maker. Um, I can't mm-hmm. believe. I still can't believe they took him. Um, reports that day of him being between twenty one and twenty three. He's nineteen. No birth certificate. Came from Sudan. Played all over the globe. Uh, the globe trotter without uh, playing the generals and all that. But I mean, crazy wingspan and. It's amazing how much the Bucks love wingspan. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, I don't know what to make of this guy. I mean, I could see him as a, a late, like, 16-teamer 16, 16 just because, hey, what maybe, you know, maybe he is 23. Maybe he's really, maybe he's mature already. Yeah. Yeah, there's just not on him. I, you know, he just seems, you try, try to read scouting reports, find video on him, and it, you just kind of come back scratching your head. Um, he likes to compare himself to Kevin Garnett for what that's worth. Uh, but yeah, he's, Anything he's is possible, really, right? Yeah, <laughs> anything is possible. He's, uh, yeah, Maker needs to bulk up. He's, a, he's still a really skinny dude, whether he's 19 or 23 or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, the Bucks just swing for the fence. I mean, they got, you know, obviously Antetokounmpo. They've got guys like John Henson. You're right. They're just, they fall in love with guys with uh, seven-foot-plus wingspans. <laughs> it's, it's so silly. I mean, you're with me pretty much just like last pick, 16 teams, something like that. So yeah. Like, see what happens. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, he's just an unknown. He's, he's apparently got some three-point range, yeah. so that might, might help him, give him a little bit of traction in fantasy. Um, but I don't think you can take him in a redraft league and in a standard 12, 14 team format. Yeah, 37 inch Max Bird. I mean, he registered really well at the combine. Um, mm. Very, very lean. Yeah, I mean, look at his measurables, and he's pretty good. It's just. Uh, it's just. We saw, like, Dante Exum was kind of in a similar situation where, like, all right, what the heck is this guy? And Exum yeah. kind of flopped. Um, especially for fantasy, I thought he, he's pretty solid reality-wise. I mean, they were what like a six hundred winning percentage basketball team when they had XM starting, so mm. pretty solid. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, just take him, and if someone likes him more than you do, then 
cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think uh, John Hammond said something. You know, he's like, hopefully Maker will crack the rotation at some point as a rookie. So you hear things like that. It's not exactly uh, the stars aren't aligning for him to have yeah, a breakout rookie year. For sure, you hear a lot of people uh, praising guys like. Uh, uh, I think my favorite all-time GM hype was when they said Javale McGee was number three on their board, the Wizards, <laughs> when they took him, and he got him at eighteen, I think. <laughs> nice. It's like, yep. yeah, okay, that's definitely not true. <laughs> right. So you're telling me if you pick three, you'd pick Javale McGee? <laughs> yeah, nope. just just uh, they're, they're their own hype man. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right, so uh, let's tag team the Hawks. Uh, this is interesting. They went double small forward with DeAndre Bembry from St. Joe's, uh, kind of a 16 feet and in kind of a guy, and Tareen mm-hmm. Prince, more of a defensive guy. Uh, kind of like the nickname, very. Uh, they put a lot of taurine, different spelling, and energy drinks, so that's kind of fun. And Prince, <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, so, I mean. If we're going to assume, just for now, uh, assuming Bazemore doesn't re-sign, and all indications are they want to re-sign him, but, I mean, why are you drafting two small forwards? Right. Um, and experienced small forwards, too. I mean, they both had multiple years. Prince, four-year player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess Brembury is a little bit more appealing for his offensive upside. Uh, I mean, Prince is going to be a very, very low-usage player, so uh, no one you're going to really be aggressive on, even if Bazemore bolts. No, yeah, I agree. He's uh, shot 43% last year. Uh, I'm talking about Prince here. He might, you know, mediocre free throw shooter. He might hit some threes. Um, but as you pointed out, he's basically a 3 and D forward. Um, so especially, I mean, if they keep Bazemore, we can't even talk about these two guys. Uh, if Bazemore's gone, it, you know, they see a little bit of daylight, but I just don't like either of them. Yeah, I'm, I don't think we even need to talk about him. <laughs> All right, so I think a player who's kind of interesting and you know me, I love my at-the-rim numbers. I could not believe Denzel Valentin only had 16% of his shots at the rim. Wow. I mean, yeah, in college, it's crazy. Um, 60% subpar for college. I mean, he, he's pretty much not going to be a scorer at the NBA level, and that's fine. You know, I mean, a lot of guys make their money uh, off passing and rebounding. So I think he could be a nice little second-unit anchor. Um, I like him pretty much better than anyone except Simmons in this group. I mean, the Bulls are going to be thin. Um, there's still a, a little bit of Jimmy Butler trade talk. We'll see. Obviously, if Jimmy Butler is gone, um, Valentin really jumps up. Um, yeah. someone, maybe even standard leagues. But right now, probably like late 14-team. 14, 14 uh, yeah, I'm, I might take a flyer in him on a 12-team league. Depends how he looks in summer league and what how his role kind of develops in training camp. Um, but he's a good fit. I'm with you. I, I think he's one of the best uh, rookies in the East for fantasy purposes, for sure. Um, he's a good fit in Chicago. Even if Butler's there, they're going to need some help off the bench on the wings. Um, he averaged, you know, he's not going to score 19.2 points per game. But he's a good shooter. He shot 44% from deep. Uh, and what you like about him for fantasy is he had 7.5 boards, 7.8 assists. So if he is in that second unit and they use him as a bit more of a playmaker, uh, that buoys him. Could get could sneak into the 12-team leagues, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I, th- I think there's going to be other guys that look a little bit more uh, in 12 teams. But yeah, like you said, the 7.8 yeah. assists from shooting guard spot is crazy. And yeah. the general manager, Garth Foreman, was talking about him playing a um, little bit of point guard, getting in the rotation right away. So a lot of positive and kind of realistic positives. Um, not like JaVale right. McGee. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he's... I mean, I, I don't think it would be a total shock to see him for standard leagues because Simmons is going to pull you down on free throws so much. 
Uh, I wouldn't be totally shocked to see Valentin kind of be number one in the East. Definitely a, a realistic sleeper. Mm. Uh, so we'll move on here. Uh, a guy I fell in love with watching videos and a fun name, Gershon Yabuselli. Uh, apparently a little bit of a reach, but this guy, man, he is he's he's nice. I mean, he if he gets and there's a little bit talk of him kind of staying overseas. Um, you know, he's very raw, but his measurables yeah. are sick. I mean, six eight, two seventy, a lean two seventy. Um, what forty three percent from three. Uh, not much of a shot blocker though, but yeah, if he gets, I mean, he's not going to play right away. It's the only thing, but I mean, dynasty wise, someone I would take a late pick on, you know, if I'm picking in a dynasty and it's just rookies, I'm probably looking like eight, nine, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like him in dynasty. Um, I think he gives Boston exactly what they wish they had now. If he were a few years, a few years more developed, a guy who shot 43% from deep, um, you know, they love those court stretching big men. They're encouraging Sullinger and Olenek to just bomb away. Uh, so you get a guy like that in there. You mentioned his, his solid build. Um, for fantasy purposes, he doesn't get, he, well, at least last year, he had almost no assist steals blocks. Um, so that's not great. But um, yeah, we'll see when he comes over. I don't, do you get the impression he's not going to come over this year, yeah, correct? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, same here. So can't go there and redraft, but I think for Dynasty, I'd, I'd take a flyer on him. Yeah, well, hopefully, if, if he does come over, you're probably thinking, what, like 20 team again? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think as a rookie he's going to make an impact, especially with Boston you know, competing and not just trying to develop guys. Kevin Durant, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh, Henry Ellenson, uh, interesting pick for the Pistons. Uh, not great at the rim for a power forward. Only sixty-three percent from there. It's only twenty-six percent of his total, which which is crazy um, mm. compared to Pirtle with eighty-five and Ben Simmons seventy-five percent of his total. So very stretch four-ish. Uh, Van Gundy like, yeah, I don't see any. I don't see him getting minutes at all. Um, Tobias has minutes locked up. Um, I mean, he's not going to get minutes at the five with Drummond. And you and I are both Aaron Baines fans. Uh, yeah. yeah, I I just I just don't see it. Yeah, Van Gundy even basically said that he he won't commit to giving Ellenson minutes as a rookie. He said, you know, if he if he needs more time, we're going to give him more time, and that's a that's a huge red flag for any any developing player. So, uh, yeah, I just don't see it. We'll see. It. I think eventually he has the potential to develop into a kind of stretch five, um, but that's going to take a couple of years. Yeah, I I hate that low at the rim number, man. I mean, if you're a big man, I want to see you hit upper sixties at least. Uh, when you're down there, so yeah, he's pretty much uh, kind of like Dragon Bender, very much like a three in a four's body. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that Van Gundy just fell uh, fell in love with the the stretch stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we'll tag team the Nets here. We've got Karis LeVert and Isaiah Whitehead, both of which could be kind of in the running for point guard. Um, the Nets. Uh, we have a couple days to find out if the Nets are going to keep. Uh, Jared Jack on the roster, but ah, I mean, Levert looks good, man. Seventy-seven point four percent at the rim. Um, that was thirty-two percent of his total. Only fourteen games, so not a great sample. But this guy looks good, uh, capable of playing both the point and shooting guard. Averages at Michigan: uh, sixteen point four points, uh, five point four boards, four point nine assists. Uh, I mean, this guy is yeah. nice. But the the knock on why he slid was he had two stress fractures to his foot. And a fifth metatarsal fracture to his left foot. So three left foot fractures, no bueno. 
Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, this is a guy that I'm. I could see myself taking, and even a twelver. I mean, I love the efficiency, and this guy. This guy's pretty good. Yeah, I'm. I've become sold on him pretty quickly. Uh, the injuries, as you mentioned, are a huge problem. I think last year it was a left leg injury, which his his camp tried to say wasn't at all related to the two uh, left foot fractures that he'd <laughs> suffered. So I, I'm not buying that. But um, yeah, if he stays healthy, as you mentioned, the Nets have a probably an emergent need at point guard. Uh, Jack's contract isn't guaranteed. Uh, Donald Sloan's a free agent. Shane Larkin has a player option. So. There could be a lot of playing time for a guy like Levert and Whitehead. Um, I'm not sold on Whitehead for fantasy purposes, mostly because he shot 38% last year. Um, but Levert's very impressive. You mentioned his stats, uh, and those 4.9 assists were accompanied by 1.6 turnovers. So that's that's great. That's a good look for a rookie. Um, so I, I, I would probably take a flyer on him. It, it depends where the Nets go in free agency, how things pan out. If they add, a, obviously, a, a strong veteran point guard, both of these guys get knocked off. Right. Um, but Levert's on the radar. Yeah, it's crazy that uh, potentially, if Jack's gone, uh, they could start four guys on, uh, 21 and under uh, with our, uh, RJ, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, uh, and... Uh, Chris McCullough too, and then these two guys if they play Levert at the two, it's it's pretty nuts. But yeah, like you said, mm. Whitehead's efficiency it's scary. But whoever gets minutes for DFS, uh, I'm I'm on board. Um, the Nets are going to be uh, a a bargain. We saw that too late with, in DFS. We're like, all right, and Thomas Robinson too, a guy who yeah, right, was a stat sure. machine. Not not for uh, season long standard, but uh, he put up some huge stat lines. Yeah, basically, I think averaged a double-double maybe over the last few weeks of the season. Uh, and if it weren't for just atrocious free-throw shooting, he would have been he would have been crushing it. Yeah. So. All right, so moving on to one of the 35 Boston picks, uh, Ante Zizag. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's staying overseas, so nothing really to say there. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, I don't have much, much uh, to say about him either. Yeah. All right, so 76ers, another guy who should be staying overseas is Timothy Luwawu. Which I have to add, um, Max Rappaport used to be a 76ers PR guy. Uh, now he does um, some stuff for Complex and some other stuff. He's doing like a kind of a side job for T-shirts, and he he made a Luwawu shirt with the Wawa logo. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Wawa? Oh yeah, I grew up in New Jersey. So oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm all over Wawa. Yeah, man, that's exactly. Yeah, I'm, I grew up in New Jersey, and now I'm a West Coast guy. I had to buy that shirt. I mean, it's just to represent the, the West Coast. I love my esoteric players. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, if anyone's a, a Wawa fan. Uh, quick fun story. Um, I used to go to Six Flags every once in a while with my friends when I was, like, 17 or whatever, you know, just got my license and all that. And we would always stop at, like, this huge Wawa. If you've, if you've been to Six Flags, you know what I'm talking about. And we called it the Wawa Mecca. <laughs> we would always get, like sandwiches there kind of on the way back for the ride and stuff and it was it was cool man oh, um, yeah. anyways for fantasy what do you i mean what do you what do you make of this guy and i don't, I don't think he's going to come i don't think he's going to stay over yeah he said a couple times that he plans to come over but i don't you know can't really take a take a player's word for it necessarily um i don't know he's an interesting player if he does come over he's uh, an impressive athlete he's got three-point range uh, he also averaged 1.7 steals in 31 minutes last year um you know, the the presence of Ben Simmons kind of tamps down his upside. But if he's capable of playing shooting guard, there could be minutes there. It's not like Philly's uh, overflowing with talented shooting guards at the moment. Um, dynasty-wise, I think he's much more appealing. Um, 
you know, he's got a kind of cross the board stats, could be a roto friendly guy who eventually establishes mid round value. Um, but for this year, I don't think you touch him in redraft. Not sold on Nick Stauskas. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I, I will have um, I have the uh, Nick Stauskas uh, shirt where it has the closed captions where it said Sas Castillo hits a three. Uh, <laughs> I have that shirt, and now I'm going to have the Lawu shirt. So I have the uh, disap- hopefully the Lawu is not disappointing. So I've got the nice. uh, 76ers T-shirt uh, <laughs> collection. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to get. I'm gonna, where's the Isaiah Cannon shirts, man? I, I could definitely see something there. <laughs> Uh, I just yeah. bought a, a couple days ago. I ordered one of those NBA cat watch shirts. Are you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's great. Are you, are you a it's, cat or a dog guy? Uh, I like cat. Well, I like them both, but I, I grew up with cats, so okay. I guess I'm, I sort of default to that. Yeah, I'm all about I'm all about the dogs, man. But for for listeners who don't know what that is, check out. It's if you just type in NBA cat watch, it'll come up. It's basically a, a the NBA logo with a cat on it, and it's a website <laughs> that tracks players who own cats. It's very <laughs> it's a very bizarre esoteric. They, they were hilarious during the draft. Like you'd see all these stats, and you'd see that. They're like, oh yeah, he doesn't like cats. Like, just, <laughs> right. so many laughs in that that, that uh, in your timeline. Um, anything else on the Wawa now? Uh, no, we get uh, get back on track here. Yeah, right. That was a little tangent for a guy who has like no value right now. Yeah. Uh, so seven, uh, the Raptors, excuse me, going again. They're really locking up the uh, the Bismack insurance uh, with Pascal Sidecam, uh blocking machine. Um, yeah, I just I don't see it. Uh, I I was kind of surprised by this pick. I think that our, our boy Masayu Jerry gets a little bit caught up with foreign players. Um, but yeah, I mean his block numbers were good. Two point two blocks in thirty five minutes is a huge number, so that's a little bit misleading. Yeah, I mean, not a great free throw shooter. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing really fun. Yeah, um, the only thing that kind of gives them some some uh, traction for me is just that the Raptors' power forward spot is a wasteland. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned he's a good shot blocker. He's a very good rebounder. He averaged 11.8 boards, four of which were offensive last year. Um, doesn't have three-point range, which hurts. Um, as a rookie, I don't see – I mean, he's 22 years old. He's He averaged 35 minutes last year with New Mexico. Um so he could come in and, and seize a spot in the rotation, but I don't think fantasy owners are gonna gonna want to have anything to do with him. Yep, same here. Uh, all right, so just want to hit really besides uh, Isaiah Whitehead, only other second round East guy that kind of has my attention is Malcolm Brogdon, uh, four year player. He broke his foot in freshman year, but he's all good now. Um, very mm-hmm. very durable. Very kind of like a Justin Anderson light. Um, very much three and D, uh, solid ball handler from what I saw. Uh, so I mean, if there's a lot of talk of the Bucks kind of pushing everything back, which I get. Uh, I mean, you're going to be chasing titles with LeBron, and it's it's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. do you see? Uh, again, we're assuming if Middleton goes and they reset, uh, a pretty decent floor, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I rather like him. Um, good three point shooter. Just seems to have a solid all-around game. Um, played four years for Virginia, so he's going to come in much more experienced than your average NBA rookie. Um, and yeah, it hinges on what Milwaukee does in free agency, whether Middleton is indeed sent packing. Um, so if Middleton's there, I don't see Brogdon emerging as a value. But if not, he could he could be a sneaky late-round guy. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd draft him outside of a 16-team league at the moment, though. Are you higher on him than that? Yeah, probably lower. Um, again, okay. I don't think yeah. Middleton's going anywhere. But if yeah. he does go and they reset, I mean, like we were saying, I love this guy's floor. 
uh, 90% free throw shooter last year. Love that. Um, yeah, that's big. 50% from two, 39% from three, 46% overall. That's money. I love that. Um, the assists are good. Um, yeah, just not going to give much D, I don't think. But uh, I think Jason yep. Kidd likes to let his guys gamble a little bit more. So I think his steals will be pretty solid if he gets minutes. So someone yeah. I like um, down the line, I mean, the Bucks are going to be razor thin uh, at the wing, pretty much. I, I like him more than I like Rashard Vaughn, who, who I kind of don't like, um, especially for fantasy. Like I, I could see Brogdon kind of leapfrogging Vaughn, even with the year under his belt. Uh, I very yeah. much want to see Brogdon in summer league. I think he's going to come in there and kind of wreck it. Um, All-American, ACC player of the year. Uh, guy's pretty awesome, so um, definitely yeah. the one I want to watch. Yeah, you got a six six eleven wingspan for shooting guard. So I'm with you. If he gets a little more uh, freedom, he, those steals could come up. He averaged under one per game last year, um, but he also doesn't hurt you anywhere. You mentioned his ninety percent free throw shooting, uh, only one point four turnovers, shot just under forty percent from downtown. So yeah, you mentioned at the top he's got a solid floor, uh, and I think that's enough reason to at least keep an eye on him. Yeah, and one other guy I kind of want to mention. I don't think he's really fantasy relevant, but. I think it's kind of telling when the Pacers took Georges Yang, a uh, four-year player out of Iowa State, very up-tempo style. Hoiberg was there, and he kind of preached pace more than really any college coach. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not the, the, the master of that domain. But, yeah, someone who, I mean, if Thaddeus Young kind of gets, gets hurt, I mean, Thad's been pretty durable, uh, and Paul George, if either of those guys go down, I could see Yang getting in there and talk of him Getting minutes, uh, the GM Pritchard was saying that he could see Yang getting kind of in there. Um, yeah, I mean, he's all right. Uh, I, someone just kind of keep an eye on the only other East second round player that I have my eyes on. Yeah, yeah, he's he's interesting. Uh, another experienced guy, 23 years old actually, so um, coming in with more experience, but it would take an injury to free him up as anyone worth, uh, worth touching. Yep. All right, so anything else you want to add here? No, no. I, I wish I could join you tomorrow for the uh, West Coast rookies. That should yeah. be a, that yeah, should be a be, fun that'll discussion. That'll be Wednesday. Uh, you Wednesday. got um. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, you got um. You're working on. We're doing like a free agent preview. You're doing a couple of those, right? Yeah, you got it. We're gonna go division by division and kind of look at uh, team needs for free agents. Maybe talk about who their own free agents are, restricted and otherwise. Um, so keep an eye out for that this week. Yeah, we probably try. We'll probably try to. I'm gonna try to squeeze a pod in on Thursday to kind of set you up for free agency, and then Steve and I are going to do one on Friday. Uh, I'm assuming Kevin Durant doesn't sign by then. Uh, <laughs> do you think anybody will sign? Like, like what, I th- what was the, fir- the first deal, I think, was Al Farouk Aminu last year. Like, Aminu signed Is that right? right. I think, I, I'm not sure on that, but I feel like yeah. Aminu was the first, like, one of the first, like, signings it was, yeah there's always a couple guys who jump you know at 1201 i think marcus all was a, a real quick yeah, sign yeah. recently and um yeah i think there's gonna be a couple of them and what uh jody meeks a couple years ago was super quick too like, yeah. All right, yeah. All right. yeah get your get your money jody who's on the block That's... right now oh yeah so yeah it's gonna be uh, a while not, not the greatest free agency class next year is gonna be ridiculous everyone's opting out next year right yeah. Like, it's crazy. Do like, you think Durant just signs a one-year deal? By the way, um, it's tough to say. I think I, I could see him signing longer term with OKC, but you know, why not follow follow the one-year plan? Give yourself maximum flexibility. Yeah, and come out with Westbrook. Those two guys love each other. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you're right. The uh, after LeBron and Durant drops off pretty quickly. Yeah. You got Hor- Horford. Uh, Drummond's restricted. There's yeah. It's not 
not exactly the blockbuster it's going to be next year. Harrison Barnes? <laughs> going to be overpaid. Yeah, man. I can't. I can't. Oh. I'm, I'm in that camp for sure. Yeah, I I was so high on Harry B. Like, after November, before he broke his, uh, sprained his ankle, he was so good. Efficiency was nice. Um, was creating like ah, I, I'm I was getting on board, but man, he ever since then he has, in the finals is so bad. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like the first year he was in the playoffs, he was like the man. I think his best scoring average was his rookie season in the playoffs, which is crazy. So yeah, not a I'm off the Harry B bandwagon for sure. Yeah, plenty of that playoff performance you mentioned led to plenty of people overdrafting him the next year. And oh yeah, myself he included. Just burned everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll get out of here on Harry B, sadly. <laughs> so you guys take care. Thanks a lot for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support, anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.